Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the word of God. I um, had asked Pastor, you know, when he was making sure that all the ducks were in a row, I said, what do you want me to, you know, are we, are we focusing on a particular theme, you know, for everybody in general? He gave me carte blanche. I, I could do anything I wanted to do as long as it was somewhat related to the topic. Probably dangerous for a creative person like me, but I'm just going to go with what I feel the Lord impressed with me or for, for our singles tonight and maybe not even just for the single people tonight because I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just for me. We'll find out. You know, in Jesus' name, I pray that it'll bless you too. Um, so the verse that I want to open, verses that I want to open it with are um, Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the man, you probably all know this, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And this is the verse I want us to focus on. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Okay, y'all, I'm going all over the map today. Please forgive me. I just, there was a particular thing that I believe God wanted me to focus on, and I'm probably going to be clomping all over all kinds of, you're not doing that correctly. Well, it's, 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 I'm just going with what I believe I was impressed to do. So here we go. Um, Thank you, uh, Pastor Gleason, again, for entrusting me to do this, and I just pray that it will bless you. There are many things in the Bible about seeds, seasons, fruits, fields, and harvests. As we all know, if you read your Bible, you know these things. I'm sure that many of you could quote some of these parables, that many of you could talk about some of these stories. I love some of these stories, and some of them, I mean, they dig deep. They kind of hurt a little bit, right, when you're reading some of these things. You know, I, I question myself sometimes about the seeds. It's like, well, what stage am I in right now? Am I getting choked out, or are the seeds just being taken away from me, or, you know, are things flying, flying out of my hands kind of thing? But when I was dwelling on what I believe past, um, you know, what pastor had asked me to do, I could not get away from the concept of fields. So I'm going to be talking to you tonight about fields. And it's going to be through the lens of one of the f- most famous single women in the Bible and one of the most famous love stories in the Bible, which is the book of Ruth. Probably strange. I'm just going <laughs> to, we're just going to do this and, you know, hopefully you'll be able to understand my weird brain. Um, so the book of Ruth, this is the NIV version that I'm focusing on when uh, we're in the book of Ruth. It's okay if that's not the version you put in there. I'm just going to read as is. All right. So we meet Naomi, Ruth, and Orpah on the ro- right after the loss of their husbands. All of their husbands have died, and they were living in the land of Moab. Can everybody say Moab? That's where they're living. And they decide, or at least Naomi decides, I'm, I'm not from Moab, so I'm going to go home to the land of Judah. And initially, Orpah and Ruth are planning on accompanying Naomi, but 
as they start to go down the road, Naomi is like, no, listen, there's nothing for you in the land of Judah. Everything that you know is here in Moab, and I don't have any more sons, you know, so I think that you all need to stay here. So um, please understand that this is sarcastic. In this uplifting speech, Naomi says, which is Ruth 1, about halfway through verse 12 and then verse 13, even if I thought there was still hope for me, Even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord's hand has turned against me. Thank you for that uh, TED Talk, uh, Naomi. So um, she's not in a good place in Moab. And Orpah, based on that word of encouragement, decides that she's going to stay in Moab. So she, she turns back and she turns away. But Ruth refuses to go back to Moab. Ruth loves Naomi sacrificially enough to say, I know that Judah is not my home. I know that there are things for me that I could return to in Moab. But I love you enough to try to live the rest of my life in service of you in the land of Judah. So Ruth accompanies uh, Naomi. Um, Naomi has more words of encouragement. Again, sarcasm, please forgive me. Ruth chapter 1, verses 20 and 21. Don't call me Naomi after she gets back to Judah. She told them, call me Mara because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full, but the Lord has brought me back empty. Why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune on me. I, I got to take beef with what she's saying. Now, I understand when you are in a process of grief that you do not think correctly. And I will tell you, I have been in places in my life where my thoughts have not been correct. And do you know how I judge whether or not my thinking is correct now? If it's not lining up with the book, if it's not lining up with what, he said, then I'm going to reject the thinking that's going on in here. And it has saved my sanity a thousand times over. Because if I'm going to dwell in a place of maybe unforgiveness or in a place of bitterness here, it's not going to be long before that thing here is going to start to be planted here. And if you have ever been through a gut-wrenching process of forgiving which everybody needs to do, and you really should be doing it daily, uh, then I'm telling you, there might be something growing in here that is going to produce a fruit that you don't want in your life. Um, So the problem was that Naomi's field was in Moab. Naomi's harvest then was from Moab. Naomi's harvest can be described like this field in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 32, verse 32. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom and of the fields of Gomorrah. Their grapes are grapes of gall. Their clusters are bitter. Naomi's harvest was bitter because Naomi had planted her roots in Moab. That's where, that was not the place that her roots should have been in the first place. I could apply this to singles. I could apply this to me. I could apply this to probably anybody in this room. But since this is supposed to be directly for the singles, single people, sometimes the grass is greener in Moab. And I say that because 
there are so many applications that you could put that to, but Moab is not the land of promise. Moab is the land right outside the promise. It is adjacent, but it is not the promise. And so if you plant a field in Moab, you might appear to prosper for a season because Naomi and her family prospered for a season. But there was a time when what they reaped there was bitter. All three of them lost their husbands. That's not to say that you don't sometimes have to dig up things in the promised land. But that's to say, I mean, do you know, do you know where the Moabites started? It was all the way back to Lot. And what did Lot do? Lot had put his direction toward that land. And then we're not going to get into it. But I mean, that Moabites were an ancestral people. Like that is how that race was founded. All because of one initial sin of putting your tent in the wrong direction and then slowly leading toward that and planting. Then that family planted roots and so on and so forth. And so there were roots in that place, but that was not where Naomi was from. That was not the land she was meant to possess because she was from Judah. So she was living outside of her promise because of where she's at. And I got to hurry up. Told myself I wasn't going to go over this time. So she had grown her harvest in Moab and she was bitter about it. But God did not do that to her. God didn't do that. That's, God didn't tell her to put her roots in Moab. That's what, that was a decision they made. Don't blame God for the thing that you chose to do. Don't blame God for the consequences of your choice. That is not to say that he will not help you to return to the land of your promise. But I'm just telling you right now, you, you are going to end up in a much worse situation if you charge God falsely. God, God didn't do it. God didn't do it. So uh, back to the story of Ruth. Ruth knows that uh, they have to eat. And so she decides, he tells Naomi, I'm going to go glean in a field. Whatever the harvester, after the harvesters have collected, I'm just going to start collecting behind them. And unintentionally, probably a God thing, she finds herself in the field of Boaz. And she catches his attention. And he hears of everything that she's done for Naomi and says, you keep coming to this field, I'll keep you safe and all of those things. So Ruth chapter 2, verse 11 and 12, Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and your mother, your homeland, and came to live with the people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for that which you have done. And may you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. But you, you see, the difference is that Ruth's roots were also in Moab. However, that's where she was from. But in her love for Naomi, in her knowledge of Naomi's God, Ruth said, I don't want to be planted here in this field. I am going to take up my roots, and I'm going to seek a better promise than what I had. I'm tired of looking into that promise. I'm just going to grab it for myself. And if we starve together, we starve together, but I'm going to do my best to even plant a little seed in this land of harvest to put down my little root here. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm just going to try. Your God's going to be my God. Your people are going to be my people. I'm just going to reach for the promise. And so that is what Ruth decided to do. Um, so Ruth's idea of a field can be described in verses like these, Leviticus twenty five thirty one. But the houses of the villages which have no wall round about them shall be counted as the fields of the country. They may be redeemed, and they shall go out in the jubilee. And I like that verse because all of the Jews who had 
been given the promise, they were all given an inheritance. And even if they had to maybe sell a bit of that land in the, when times were hard because they needed the money, in the year of Jubilee, it was all supposed to return to them. And so <laughs> Ruth, as a Moabite, she had a Jubilee attitude. She said, I may not have roots in this place, but I know Naomi's God. And so maybe Naomi's God will redeem a field for us. And so that's the attitude she had. Or what about Jeremiah 32, 15? For thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, houses and fields and vineyards shall be possessed again in this land. A Moabitess who wasn't even born into the promise was looking for a way to possess the promise no matter the cost. She left her mother. She left her father because it said she had them. She left her home because she was seeking a new field. Um, Ruth is met with favor in a place that she doesn't necessarily have a right to expect favor. Thank you, Jesus. How, how many of you have been in a place where you didn't have a right to expect it, but God provided? I'm in that place right now. I don't have any reason to expect it. Not necessarily where I wanted to be, but I'm here right now, and God is just pouring it out, and I'm so thankful. This, in turn, brings hope to Naomi because she sees, oh, wait, she, my, my God's doing that for her? Okay. Ruth 2.20, the Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, the man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. I think Ruth's relationship with Naomi is helping Naomi to remember who her God is. Imagine that. That's right. It's important to surround yourself with the right friends, too, because your right friends will help keep you on track also. So Naomi instructs Ruth to dress up for date night and go hang out on the freshing floor to let Boaz know that she's interested in him. Boaz notices her and decides that he's interested in Ruth, but he's going to make sure that he does things the right way. There's a right way and a wrong way, right? So there were other things that had to be done to make sure that this relationship was acceptable under their law. There were fields that needed to be bought, and Ruth was part of the inheritance that came along with purchasing the property uh, for Boaz to be the kinsman redeemer, and there was somebody else who had that right before him. So Boaz's idea of a field, I could describe it like this. With Matthew uh, 13, 44, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. So when Boaz realized that Ruth was willing to enter into that kinsman redeemer relationship with him, he didn't keep it hidden. He went down to the gate. He got a group of people and he said, let's make this official. Do you want to buy the land? Because the land comes with Ruth. I don't think Boaz really cared about the land. Boaz already had his own land. But Boaz wanted the treasure in the field, right? So Boaz makes it official because the other guy, he, he's not interested in the treasure. He, he thought about the field for a minute, but he didn't want the treasure in the field. He thought it would mess up his own stuff, it says. So, Andrea, what does that have to do with being single or single, um, you know, any of that? Well, singles have fields too. You have a field. Every individual in this room, you have a field. God has a purpose for your life. God has a place that he wants to plant you, or a place that he wants you to go, and a place that you're going to flourish better than others. There's, there's a tree, a seed, whatever you want to call it, that there's a place for you to flourish if you're trying to walk in the will of God. So I guess I've got a few questions for you. Are you attempting to put your roots in a place that is outside of your promise because it is the convenient thing to do? Maybe you didn't think you could have the promise that God gave you at one point in your life. Maybe you're too scared or too scarred to leave Moab. But you were never meant to put your roots in Moab. 
there's a promise for you, a real promise for everyone in this room. Or are you reaching for something that you're not sure you'll be able to do? Are you attempting to leave the comfort of where you've been in order to seek something better? These first few steps out of Moab are so intimidating. Are you wondering if you even have a right to hope that the promise can live again? It can live again. Or are there, can there be new roots to put down in a field that is in the right place at the right time? There are times when it, it was a different field, but God's saying, no, I, I've got a place for you in this field now. Move, move to the right field. Listen to him. Sometimes it's time to let go. Sometimes it's time to gather up. Pay attention to what the Lord's saying to you. Or are you in a situation where you found a treasure in your field? Are you giving and selling and acting like a crazy person because nothing that you have now can compare to the promise that you found in that field? So maybe that's just for me today. I'm reaching for a promise that I believe the Lord gave me. You know, I didn't want to go to grad school in this particular field, forgive the pun, that I am studying in right now. But I it was as if when I asked the right question, God, do you want me to do this? He, <laughs> I almost felt like there was a hand on my shoulder and just down the line, yes, I want you to do this. And brr. so there is a field for you. And even if you're not sure why he's asking you to put your roots in a certain place, he is your God and he knows what will cause you to prosper. He is trying to plant you in the right place. Because there is a due season that is coming for you. Um, So it's worth flipping your life upside down sometimes when it's the will of God. So one more thing, one more thing. Um, There is, there are many, many feasts, many, many feasts in uh, the Jewish calendar. But there is a feast of harvest. And you would think that maybe it would be some kind of epitome of Jewish culture that they would celebrate during that time. But the book they read during the Feast of Harvest is actually the book of Ruth. This is somebody who somehow ended up, now they don't recognize him as the Messiah, but Ruth is in the the lineage of Christ. Someone who didn't even have roots, have a right to that promise. But she said, I'm going to step out of this comfort zone and I'm going to seek a better promise than what I've settled for here. That is all I have for you tonight, but I hope that it ministered to somebody here because singles, marrieds, whoever you are, there is a field and there is purpose and there is a place for you in this season and God does desire you. Thank you for listening to this message. For more content, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at The Life Church KC. Reference the episode notes for more details.